Today's episode is a little shorter than normal. This month is going to be mini episodes that are covering current events. This story was actually brought to my attention by a friend, Kristen. So Kristen, if you're listening, thanks for letting me know about this. It's about a potential serial killer who may be connected to several cold cases. I'm your host, Koi, and this episode is about Gary Artman. On October 3rd, 1996, a delivery driver in Grand Rapids, Michigan, came across a rolled-up blanket on the side of the road. Inside the blanket was the body of a deceased female that had been tied up. Police were immediately called, and the investigation began. The female was identified as 29-year-old Sharon Hammock. An autopsy revealed that Sharon had been sexually assaulted, stabbed twice in the head, but her cause of death was strangulation. It was believed that she was killed within 24 hours of the time that she was found, and investigators were able to collect DNA evidence from her body. Around that time, Grand Rapids was a city of approximately 189,000 people. And from 1994 to 1996, 12 women were found murdered. All of the murders were in a similar way, as the majority of the victims had addiction issues or they were sex workers. All of the other victims were discovered long after they were killed, and their remains were mostly skeletal. Sharon was the only one that investigators were able to get DNA evidence from. While all of these murders were going on, a task force was assembled in 1996. The 12 murders were never completely confirmed to all be connected. As the task force investigated the murders, there wasn't much evidence, witnesses, or suspects. As time passed, the investigation stalled, the cases became cold, and the task force was disassembled. Ten years passed before any more leads came. Investigators learned that the DNA from Sharon's case also matched to a homicide of a sex worker in Maryland in 2006. While there was this match connecting the two cases, there still wasn't a suspect. Then fast forward a few more years to 2022. Detectives submitted the DNA samples to a genealogy program. They were provided results for the parents of the suspect so they knew the suspect would be the son of the parents. As investigators began diving into these two parents, they learned that they had four sons. So they began researching each son, and this led them to Gary Artman. Gary was the only one of the four sons to have history in Michigan. He actually was a little preoccupied between 1981 and 1982 in a Michigan prison for a sex crime. 
When Gary was released from prison, he became a truck driver. Investigators also learned that the victim from Maryland, that she had spent time in Ontario, Canada, then in Maryland before her death. Now, I'm sure it's no coincidence and probably more along the lines of stalking, but Gary was pulled over and given a ticket by cops in Ontario around the same time that the victim was living there. And then he was in Maryland around the same time that she moved there as well. As of 2022, Gary was living in White Springs, Florida, which is just about an hour north of Gainesville. Detectives got an arrest warrant for Gary for Sharon's murder, and he was pulled over in August of 2022 while driving a truck in Mississippi, and he was arrested. To keep from getting sued for everything that I have, no matter how little everything may be, I think I do need to say Gary is presumed innocent until proven guilty. He's currently only being charged with Sharon's murder. I think that's the fine print. Um, I was unable to find the name of the victim in Maryland, but he has not been charged in that case, and that still is an open investigation. Gary has not officially been linked to the other 11 homicides that occurred in Grand Rapids between 1994 and 1996, and I'm sure those cases are all being re-examined right now as well. And this is going to bring us to a conclusion of this episode Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for after the outro music. Thanks for sticking around, and welcome to The Debrief. A few weeks ago, a man in San Francisco broke into Johnny's Donuts. He stole a little bit of cash and the keys to a bakery vehicle, but he didn't actually steal the vehicle. But what was a little bit more surprising was that the security video showed that he came back to the scene after breaking in and leaving. I mean, I guess rule of thumb is that they always return to the scene but the only reason he returned is because he forgot his own keys behind when he took the keys to the bakery van so he had to get his own keys police are still working to try and id the suspect however it was confirmed that there were no donuts stolen thank you for listening